0: I'm a Ranger, a New Belgium beer ranger. You can't see my uniform because we're on the radio, but you can bet I'm wearing it with pride. Wandering the land from coast to coast, bringing good beer to the masses, while well, I can develop quite a thirst. Now we've crafted a beer with Simcoe, Chinook, and Cascade hops, the Ranger IPA. So bold and refreshing, it can satisfy a ranger's thirst. Try a new Ranger IPA, and then head online to get in uniform at NewBelgium.com. Employee-owned, alternatively empowered, New Belgium Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer. With additional support from Kuat Racks and Patagonia. This is The Shorts. And you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.
1: I was exhausted. A combination of the sort of mental and physical tiredness the like of which I hadn't felt before. Not like that surfed out feeling after a run of good swell that a good night's sleep can remedy. I needed a break. And I really, really needed to go surfing. A friend of mine once said that it was worth getting a budget flight to Morocco just to eat an orange. After that, he said you could turn around and fly on home content. I needed a bit more incentive than that, though. Morocco is at the end of the European surf trail, our equivalent of Baja that marks a rite of passage for European surf groms as soon as the first in the group has passed their driving test. But I'd never made it as far as Morocco. Hurricane swells in southwest France, all-time conditions at Mandaka, or more often, broken-down vehicles in an empty wallet had sent me heading home before even reaching Portugal let alone North Africa. So rather than place my faith in a knackered old car or cram myself onto a budget flight, I decided to take the train. We all travel for our passions. Even if we live in a good spot, our desire to experience different moves us. And our pastimes totally revolve around moving surfing, climbing, trekking, cycling or yoga, all offer distraction and release by immersing yourself in an activity that requires complete mental and usually physical commitment. It's forced vacancy, not time to reflect, but more like removal to give time a chance to do its best work. So as well as surfing, I plan to make the journey equal to the destination, to enjoy the slow release of overland travel. We could have flown. It would have been cheaper. Quicker. Sure as hell would have been easier to organise. Yet I found myself standing in a cloud of fumes that smelt like a takeaway restaurant as Ben pulled away from the train station in his veg oil fuelled van, leaving me to catch the train as he raced me to Beirits. I caught the train to London from the far south west corner of the UK, still in work mode with my notebooks and diary out on the table. My friend Kyle's train from Wales pulled in two minutes after mine and we hauled our surfboard bags across London on the tube, surrounded by Friday night after-work drinkers. We slept on a friend's sofa and woke with a four on the clock to catch the first train of the day across the English countryside. Through the Channel Tunnel under the sea for 20 minutes, we nursed coffee with nothing but blackness out the window of the bar carriage. The release started to happen. I focused only on the full day of travel ahead of us. As we emerged into the French morning the train sped up but the pace of life outside the window seemed to slow down. I noticed the subtle changes on the countryside that indicated we were in France. Shuttered windows, high eaves, shorter church steeples, barely a soul to be seen, a slowness. And then we pulled into Paris. Go, move, turnstiles and crowded escalators, surfboards and luggage racks and clackety-clack were on our way again. Our next train headed south past patchwork fields of varying green interspersed with bright yellow blocks of rapeseed. The backsides of occasional towns or graffiti, stacks of pallets behind warehouses. Fields turned to vineyards, turned to row upon row of plantation pine trees, and I stared out of the window watching the sun glint off the rails at 175 miles per hour, thinking about absolutely nothing. Movements restoring calm, giving me a sense of progress and achievement. The feeling that I'm getting somewhere. Reduced Sunday train services stopped us crossing the border into Spain, so we spent a day in Biarritz and met up with Ben, who'd taken the same time to drive down, but was way more tired. The weather's grey, windy and squally, with tiny surf. So we spent the day hopping cafes and dodging the weather before catching the first train into Spain the next morning. And then the proverbial wheels came off the wagon. Despite hours on the phone, checking baggage allowances and changing itineraries, the train managers in Spain have the final say. They don't carry tape measures, or like the look of a couple of surfers hauling bags shaped like coffins. We refused boarding on our train to Madrid and have no choice but to lose the distractions of being in a new city, in a different country, on an exciting trip, and focus entirely on the moment. We can't make out the train manager's fast slur of heavily Basque-accented Spanish, but eventually we're sent back to France. By lunchtime we're back in Spain, but on a park bench in a city in the opposite corner of the country to where we're meant to be, on a train, heading for the Mediterranean coast. We heard NO over and over, but talked our way onto a slow train to Madrid. We found an all-night taxi driver's bar, and alternated beer with coffee waiting for the station to open again. More no's lead to bare-faced lying to get our boards onto the train bound for Algeciras on Spain's southern coast, our jumping off point for Morocco. We stashed our surfboards on the overhead racks and feigned sleep until the train pulled out of the station. The snake of carriages weaved south through the gorges of Andalusia and by the afternoon we were on a ferry steaming past the rock of Gibraltar, heading for the African continent. After 42 hours of constant movement since a Spanish train manager stuck a stick in our spokes, we bed down in an old hotel in the middle of Tangier's old medina. Our window was barely 20 metres from the minaret of the local mosque where the muezzin would be calling the faithful to prayer in six hours' time. Kyle and I had focused on getting here of finding a way around or a different way forward. Because we had no real alternative other than turning back. We'd thought of nothing else. Sounds familiar, no? When you've gone so far that you can't turn back... The morning train down to Marrakesh traveled down the coast between rolling green hills under a big blue sky and a long beach peppered with knee-high peaks. The Arabic sign on the carriage window cast a shadow across my maps as I made notes. Rabat passed in a swathe of buildings. Further south, the train swung inland and we crossed scrubby plains highlighted with patches of spring wildflowers. The Atlas Mountains rose from the plains in the distance and the low afternoon sun on the earthen walls of Marrakesh welcomed us to the Red City. The end of the line. Checking the surf forecast for the first time in a week we found that the waves at our final destination, a few hours bus ride to the west, was small and blown out and would be for a few days yet. Though surfing remained the focus, our picture of the trip had grown as we moved across climates, cultures, languages and the continent. The train's course gradually transitioned us. So we poked around the souks of Marrakesh, then headed up into the high Atlas Mountains for a few days to see how high we could get without crampons. Eventually though, we needed to scratch our saltwater itch. We hopped a bus west to the coast and arrived right on time to meet the new swell. The waves that first evening were just like the ones I'd seen in so many magazines and movies. Big green walls of water running down dry rocky points lined with cacti, ripe for speed runs and big drawn out turns. Needless to say, it felt as though we'd earned those waves and they rinsed off the journey in no time. Standing on a scrubby bluff, The sun glinted green and gold through the lips of the last waves of the day. Stresses that had weighed heavy on my mind ten days earlier were over 2,000 miles north. I struggled to recall what had occupied my mind since climbing aboard that first train in Cornwall. It struck me that my thoughts had been focused entirely on the moment. Every moment. On my movements. It had been a meditation in motion. My name is Matt Arney, and this is my short.
0: This summer, Matt launched an outrigger sailing canoe that he built from sustainable and recycled materials. His hopes are to explore the nooks and crannies of the coastline of southwest England where he lives. He also produced a wooden surfboard exhibition that will be opening in October at the Patagonia Store in London. Music today by Agent Ribbons, Tyon Davis, and Polika. You can download the tracks for free at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Our artist-in-residence, Walker Call, designs all of our t-shirts, sweatshirts, and title cards. He's a busy, busy man. You can show your love and support for the great artwork that comes along with the diaries by purchasing a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. You can find the link on our site, dirtbagdiaries.com. It's on the right-hand side of the page. Check it out. New Belgium Brewing makes the diaries possible. Their new fall seasonal Red Hoptober is on shelves and at tap rooms near you. Try it, or maybe grab a can of Shift. With a cornucopia of rich, malt-quenching beverages, you are sure to find your flavor at newbelgium.com. Support for the show also comes from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. With aluminum construction, innovative design, and a lifetime warranty, they're creating racks with you, their fellow riders, in mind. Check out their full lineup at kuatrax.com. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the good people of Patagonia. I'm Fitz Cahal, and that was Matt Arney, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.